Hi folks and welcome back to NTI's Japan Real Estate Property Investment Podcast. I'm your host, Zev Nakajima again. It's a pleasure to have you back with us today. Thanks for tuning in. Quick heads up on another new project we've just kicked off. About 30 of our clients are teaming up together in a joint venture with the purpose of purchasing a Japanese guest house in one of Japan's top tourist destinations. So either Kyoto, Osaka, Sapporo or Fukuoka. We'll consider Tokyo as well, although prices there are a bit too high for comfort normally. Each investor will be buying in for approximately 2 to 3 million Japanese yen, so under 30,000 US dollars in total each. And all profits from the running of the guest house, including any profits from a potential future sale of the business and property assets, will be divided equally between all participating investors, of course. We're also going to be equal share members on this project, so you know we've got skin in the game, just the same as you do. Very excited about this one. I've had some excellent meetings with lawyers and accountants so far to discuss the potential company and capital structure for the project, and we'll soon be releasing the summary of that one to all interested parties. So this is a good time to hit us up if you want in on that particular discussion. All major business decisions will be up for equal vote between all project partners, so completely and fully transparent all along the way. And your best chance of owning a piece of Japan's huge uptick in tourism ahead of the uh, Tokyo 2020 Olympics, the Osaka 2025 World Expo, and so forth. We're still not sure if the guest house will be a typical Japanese guest house or what's known as a share house these days meaning a place for people like foreign and local students, expats who don't have the credentials yet to rent a normal home in Japan, or just people who want to live in a shared environment for any reason. These types of places normally mean tenants stay for at least a month at a stretch and up to a few years at most. Or alternatively, the other option is a bona fide guest house or traditional Japanese inn or yokan, which will require actual licensing and zoning compliance, but has the potential to make an even higher profit in total if done right. So that'll depend on the number of participants and the total budget. As mentioned, there are about 30 interested investors at this point in time, so both options are still on the table at this stage. Drop us a line in the comments section or directly via email on info at nippontradings.com. That's info at N-I-P-P-O-N, Nippon Tradings with an S, all one word, Dot com, and we'll send you all of the information we've got so far and also add you to the Slack channel where we regularly post updates and do our brainstorming sessions. Okay, so to the topic at hand today, we are going to discuss um, something that's probably a bit ouch for uh, most investors. The most painful topic for any property investor really anywhere in the world aside from maybe squatters and forced evictions, but we don't really have too many of those here in Japan. Vacancies we do have, though, in some cities more than others, which is only to be expected considering the smaller townships in Japan are decreasing in population, as we've mentioned here in the past on several occasions. Now, we normally would not recommend purchasing in any city that doesn't have a stable population and economy, but extended vacancies unfortunately can happen in any city, barring the most central of locations. And super central locations are normally expensive and low on yields. So we need to know our options if and when a difficult vacancy occurs in any of our properties, regardless of location. So here's the situation. You've purchased a property for a reasonable price and in a reasonable location, maybe even tenanted. But at some point, your tenant either moved out for whatever reason 
or in some rare cases might have even died in the property. We've covered these cases in a previous episode. Essentially, many of our tenants here in Japan are elderly widowers or never married individuals. It's just the way the demographics roll in this part of the world. So that does sometimes happen. So you've cleaned up, you've renovated the place, started advertising with similar rent conditions to what you've been receiving in the past. A few weeks or a few months pass and no one bites. There are either not enough views and clicks on your ad, or there are enough views and clicks, but no one is making any inquiries, or there are enough of all of the above, but for some other reason, no one is actually applying. So what can we do? Well, the first step is to understand why this is happening. Basically, it could be a combination of two factors. The first is just seasonal. So in Japan, the main moving period in which potential tenants are mostly looking for new places to live is between mid-January, just after the New Year's holiday period, to mid-April, which is when the academic year starts. Uh, large companies are either recruiting new graduates and placing them in various positions around the country or relocating existing employees based on the same recruitment of uni graduates that just been done. That's not to say that the rest of the year isn't any good for populating vacant properties. You can still get that done for sure. But for one thing, you're going to have a few periods, mostly around the Golden Week holiday at the start of May, Obon holiday in August, and of course the Christmas and New Year period, where people will simply not be planning to move in. Also, the colder the area is, the less people are likely to be moving during the colder months. In Sapporo City, for example, one of the biggest cities in Japan, where it snows sometimes from as early as September or October, anywhere between October and April is usually pretty dead as far as vacancies go. And most people only move around between May and September if they can help it. So in those colder areas especially, you really want to try and do what you can to populate a property as quickly as possible. Otherwise, you may be looking at a far longer extended vacancy. And while that's not a huge concern if you own the entire structure, such as an apartment block or a house, it would just mean reduced income in that case. But if you own individual units in co-owned blocks that are being managed by a building management company, you're going to have to keep paying building fees all throughout that period. So there are expenses involved as well. So what can you actually do? Well, the simplest and easiest solution that doesn't cost you anything out of pocket is, of course, to reduce the rent. That's always an option. Um, Japan, as you probably know by now, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, has been a deflationary environment between the early 90s and all the way up to 2012 or so, when the economy finally bottomed out and started slowly growing again. But this growth hasn't yet trickled down to salaries and rents, which means that in many cases, if your tenant has been in place for longer than a few years, they may have moved in and may have been paying rents uh, that are simply no longer achievable. The rent you can get also depends on other vacancies in the area and also on new developments in the area. Obviously, if that location has been overdeveloped, which often happens to popular locations in any city, there may be quite a few newer and nicer properties available for lease at rents that are only slightly higher than what older properties are asking for. So the first step really is to do some rent research. See how many properties in the same location and similar size are available for lease at the moment, how old and how well renovated they are, what other features they have, which your property may or may not have, and how much the asking rent is. 
that'll give you a rough idea on what you can reduce the rent to. Now, bear in mind that leases in Japan are typically for a minimum of two years, and most tenants tend to stay for an average of four to five years for singles, even longer for families. So do a quick rundown of the numbers and see how much in potential income you're going to be giving up over that longer term before you decide if you want to enter that uh, race to the bottom type scenario, because it may be worth your while to consider some other alternatives over the long term, at least statistically. So sure, there's always a chance that your new tenant will move out after a year or two, but try to work on the assumption that they'll be there for an average of four years and see what the numbers look like. Other options aside from reducing the rent that may be preferable longer term, um, because rent really can't be renegotiated mid-lease in most cases, simply because it's not normally done here and your tenant will most likely move out if you try. So other options are, for example, to offer a bonus to the listing agency, which is advertising the property, and give them the permission to do with that bonus as they see fit. So you would normally specify a period of rental income that you're willing to sacrifice, say anywhere from two to four months, and let the agency either offer all or parts of that period bonus to increase their advertising via banners or through commission sharing with other agencies or to offer one or two months of free rent to potential tenants who apply or even to waive some of the move-in fees for those tenants, which can be quite steep in Japan. Now, this strategy still doesn't cost you anything up front, but... If your tenant moves out mid-lease, it can end up costing you a fair chunk of that projected income and even put you at break-even in case they end up having some emergency and they move out, say, after five or six months, which can sometimes happen. So the way to hedge against that risk, if you do choose to go this way, is to set the minimum lease term at two years, which is the standard in most cases anyway, and also to put in a clause by which the tenant will be up for an early vacating penalty usually two months of rent if they move out within the first year, one month of rent if they move out within the second year, and so forth. Other options that you have that can help in reducing vacancies will cost you some money up front, but can be very effective. So the first two options would normally cost you about 100,000 Japanese yen, or just under 1,000 US dollars out of pocket, give or take. One of them is especially effective for older and smaller properties, which usually don't have a dedicated laundry machine area set up in the property. So no place to put and connect a laundry machine to water, power, drainage. And then you set one of those alcoves up. So some buildings have a laundromat on the ground floor or just across the street. But even in those cases, all tenants would prefer to wash their underwear in the privacy of their own homes, especially single females, which absolutely hate having to do their laundry outside. And if there isn't a laundromat within a minute or two walking distance, this strategy becomes really essential. The other option which costs about the same is simply to furnish the apartment. Put in some electric appliances, TV, microwave, cooking oven or both, some fancy lighting, a wardrobe, a bed, some tables, chairs, throw rug, etc. And you'll immediately increase your appeal and gain access to a new tenant base which for some reason cannot afford or do not want to start moving or shopping for new furniture once they move in. Lastly, and this is really coming into play when you're receiving estimates for renovation and repair after a tenant's moved out, 
you may consider a more serious renovation. So this can cost anywhere from one or two thousand dollars um, to put in some nicely accented wallpaper or renew a bit of the flooring, and all the way up to twenty or thirty thousand dollars for the smaller units. And the sky is the limit for the bigger properties. And this includes things like separating the toilet and the bathroom, which normally isn't a feature that's available in properties that were built before 1990 or so. Put in some soundproofing or other insulation and so forth. That will put you on par with the newer builds in the area. So it may even enable you to retain or slightly raise the rent that you've previously been receiving. But most importantly, it'll help you reduce the vacancy period that you're experiencing. Of course, again, you'll need to run some projections, see what you can or want to put up with as far as income reduction is concerned, and then decide on any combination of everything that we've discussed here so far. Or, as is sometimes the case, you may simply choose to sell the property as is and move on. That's always an acceptable course of action if you can get what you paid for it or more, or if you've had a couple of years or more of rental income from it, and especially if you've got something better to invest those funds into. So to summarize, as with most things investment-related, there's really no magic bullet out there. It's all a case of your budget allowance, your profit and loss projections, and your individual circumstances. And of course, it does take some trial and error a lot of the time. But there are certainly ways to avoid or at least greatly reduce extended vacancies, which is really the goal of the entire exercise. That's it from us for today, folks. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. Please leave us a comment in the comments section of wherever you may have found it, either regarding this content or if you want to receive more info about our Japanese guesthouse project as it takes shape and form. Do share this podcast with your networks if you think they may find it interesting. And lastly, it would really mean the world to us if you could rate us. Leave us a rating on the iTunes store, on Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you may have found us. It helps others find us too, which could save them a few bucks on their existing investments or could open up a world of new options for them. And mostly it helps us improve and keep providing you with content that will assist you in making the right investment and business decisions for your own portfolios. Hope to have you with us next time. And until then, from all of us here at NTI, we wish you, as always, happy investing.